Welcome to A Seat at the Table, a podcast by teens for teens. Here we believe in our youth and the insight they have into our world today, so we give them space to discuss, relate to, and encourage each other to change the world. Let's meet the students with A Seat at the Table today. First up, we have Corbin, also known as Turbo. Corbin is a senior at Pittsburgh High School and will be graduating on Saturday, May 20th. Hi, Corbin. Hi, how are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you doing? Uh, I'm great. You're hungry. It is almost lunchtime. I'm sorry. But thank you for being with us today. Um, we really it's appreciate it. It's been a blast. It really Good. Has. Well, the fun is just beginning. Next up, we have Miss Emma, who's also a senior at P- Pittsburgh High School. How are you today, Emma? Good. How are you? I'm good. Do you have a fun nickname you want to tell us about? Um, Not really. Oh. I mean, sometimes I get called M or like my friends call me B because they say that we need three different personalities, but... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, Corbin has turbo, so I just wanted to offer that up to you as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then for our expert on our episode today, we have Coach Elsie Davis. Coach is the wrestling coach here at Pittsburgh High School, and he also is our student support coordinator for the past two years. Welcome, Elsie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for being willing to be on our episode today. We want to thank you all for being with us um, today. I can't wait to dig in and hear your thoughts on our topic. Um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so that is what our episode is going to be about today. We are recording this in May, on May 17th to be exact, um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about the big, the things that you guys are feel big in um, the mental health world, in coping and dealing, and being a teenager in 2023. So one of the things that is really, um, I feel like, a big discussion, and we've talked briefly about today, is bullying. So Turbo over here had some very interesting thoughts on bullying and uh, made some really great points about it. Do you want to dig into that a little bit? Um, I kind of, I've always thought that bullying is definitely a little different today than it has been historically speaking. Um, back then, I hear, I, I hear tons of stories from adults always talking about how their path to school was this long treacherous road full of bullies and <laughs> uphill both up. ways yeah. in the snow no shoes yeah <laughs> yeah it, it was rougher back then and apparently i guess it was people getting shoved in the lockers swirlies all that it was more physical as for today it's just more vocal and it's definitely uh full of coward cowardice because uh it's not really face to face anymore it's people just kind of saying things behind your back or it gets word gets around um, or behind a screen, even. Yeah, cyberbullying. Yep. Um, I believe that it's definitely more subtle now. Um, however, I don't think it's as bad as it used to be back then. But it's it, it's more sticks and stones, you know, mm-hmm. than it is actual harm. Breaking bones. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's that's my take. I think that's really insightful. I think that is a great way to explain that. It is more mental now versus physical. We're not, we're not closing people in lockers. They do a lot of mental warfare now. Yeah, absolutely. And so Emma, do you want to touch on how you think that that can affect people your age, especially? Well, so earlier you gave some examples um, about a team that you're on um, and just kind of some situations around that. Like, tell me what you observed from those situations. Well, like it's more like, the underclassmen nowadays, like the freshmen and the sophomore, they're just 
mean. Like, they're just plain mean. They'll say it to your face, and then, like, they'll have their friends, like, laugh with them. And, like, I'm a senior, and I'm just constantly getting onto them and being like, okay, that's not funny. Like, they're just, like, and it's it's always, like, the same few people that I get made fun of, and it's not, like, I wouldn't want to be in that situation, so I try to stop it. And, like, I don't know. This Kids are just really mean nowadays. And we can't beat them up anymore. You and can't. like, but you, you also like can't control them either because like I try to and they just don't want to listen. They're like, well, blah 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 blah, and I'm like, okay. So and what? So then I just what reasons do they give for? Honestly, I don't even know because the kid that gets bullied a lot. I don't know if I'm allowed to drop names, but he's he's a really sweet guy, honestly. And but like they're just like mean to him for no reason, yeah. just because like he's a little bit big. Do you have you seen? the the toll that it's taken on him mentally not really because honestly he still seems happy but like recent I don't know if it was just like a last week thing like everybody on the track team was so mean especially like the guys like they're just snapping left and right and like just like I don't know what got into them but like he started to get like an attitude and stuff and like I talked to like one of my friends and I was like what's like wrong with him like he used to be like nice but now he's kind of getting an attitude and I was like I mean I don't blame him because Mm -hmm. like he gets bullied all the time but like I also don't know if he sees it as bullying like maybe it's just like me like I wouldn't want to be talked to that way so Mm -hmm. I'm like that's being mean yeah but I mean I would imagine if somebody has ongoing bullying going on it's going to eventually take a toll on them Mm -hmm. whether they're a nice person or not right because at the end of the day we all want to be seen for who we are and not told that who we are is wrong um, and unfortunately what a, a lot that I see in high schoolers, um, and even younger, um, for sure, middle schoolers, as I've dealt with this with my own son is, you know, they say something mean. And then when somebody says, Hey, that's not right. Don't say that. Or someone stands up to them, then they just say, Oh, I'm just joking. And that's supposed to be enough reason to be mean to somebody and make a comment. But the thing is with jokes, both parties think it's funny. One, not just one side. So if, if, you know, you're getting comments um, and you don't like them, then I I think it's super important that you you guys just stand up and say, hey, that's not a joke. Mm -hmm. This isn't funny. Nobody else thinks this is funny. You're not even laughing because most of the time they're not, right? Um, Well, and after a while, it's not a joke anymore. It's just you're being mean for no reason. Absolutely. Yeah, honestly, today's version of bullying has actually just kind of shut me down, like, uh, socially, like, I'm just more secluded to myself now. I stay to mm-hmm. myself. I don't really try to venture off much. Mm-hmm. That's going to change a little bit. But, um, yeah, it's definitely uh, made people more isolated, especially now that everybody's stuck on their phones. Yeah. Just looking at Well, their do you think that makes it easier for people to yes. stay behind their screens and bully that way? Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like it just makes me wonder, like, are they actually my friends? Because, like, I constantly worry, like, oh, my gosh, my friends don't like me, this and that. Just because, like, some of the mean stuff, like, like I don't feel like I've been mean. Like, yeah, we've gotten in, like, fights over just, like, misunderstandings. But it's not like I'm calling them names and, like, bullying mm-hmm. them and stuff. But, like, I also, like, I guess also having guy friends, it's a little different because, like, they're just like that to each other. And I'm just like, why? Yeah. So, like, I like don't want to be treated like that I don't know do you feel like within your friend group you if somebody is talking to you a certain way that you don't like do you feel like you can say hey I don't want you to talk to me like that and it's respected well okay so I have a friend group of like the main friend group is three guys and two girls Mm -hmm. and they're constantly being mean 
to the other girl because like I've stuck up to myself and I'm like don't do that Mm -hmm. and like they're just like a lot nicer to me but then to her they're like super mean and I'm like stop doing that and they're like well you never like call her out and this and that because I'm calling them out Mm -hmm. and I was like well have you guys not noticed that I do it in private like I don't do it in front of everybody else and like they're like saying this and that about her and I'm like just stop because like she's left multiple times just Mm -hmm. because like it's gotten like too much like one night I remember like me and like my main guy best friend were like fighting like we were fighting like a married couple almost like bickering because of this one situation and we were like blah blah blah. and then they started to jump in and then I like added my the like my girlfriend in the group and I was like well I don't get on to her like in front of all of you guys because you guys don't need to hear that and like I'm gonna correct her in private but like there's no reason to be embarrassed in front of everyone Mm -hmm. and they're like well and they just said some really mean things to her and so because I had her on the phone and she hung up and then I texted her, I was like, hey, are you okay? She's like, no, not really. Like, that was really mean. And so then I confronted yeah. them and I was like, don't do that. So whenever you do, I really like your point about, you know, talking to her in private and mm-hmm. not embarrassing. I mean, for me personally, I know that's a huge thing is like, don't embarrass me because then I go straight to anger. Exactly. Like nobody likes down. that. Yeah. Nobody wants to be embarrassed. So when you do pull her to the side in private, how does that conversation go? Does it end well? Well, like I kind of do take their points because I'm like, I see where they're coming from. Like, yeah. this is kind of like what they're seeing I feel like like the mom of the group almost because I'm always like well you know meet it like mama Emma yeah (laughs) and so like I tell her like hey like this is kind of how they're feeling like they feel like you're like ditching them and this and that so like maybe just like because like she'll like leave our group to go hang out with other people Mm -hmm. and it's it doesn't it's not like she tells them she's like okay I'm going home but then we like see her out Mm -hmm. and so like that hurts their feelings like I never knew boys were like that emotional like it really hurts their feelings I was like okay so like I tell her I'm like hey like that hurts their feelings like mm-hmm. just be honest with them yeah and then they're not gonna like be that mean to you about it because like I'm honest like I'm like hey like I'm gonna go hang out with my other friends yeah see you guys later like I don't know does she receive really it mean. well when I yeah when you do when, it in a yeah when setting. I do it privately I'm kind of like hey because, yeah. like, I kind of come to the realization, oh, maybe I'm doing that too a little bit. Yeah. So then we just kind of realize together mm-hmm. instead of, like, So you're able to relate to her yeah. in private. You're not embarrassing her. You're not being mean. You're not saying mean but things. But people don't do that nowadays. They just call them out in front of right. everyone, and then, like, everyone gets defensive. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really great suggestion. Do you feel like that. every friend group definitely has a black sheep? What do you mean? Like somebody that they they just like they're at their disposal like they're to be picked heard? on and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I always I'm always standing up for that kid because like I have yeah. another friend group, and like this one kid is constantly getting bullied, and I'm like stop saying that stuff mm. because one day like you never know it might actually happen like what yeah. you're saying sometimes. Yeah, hundred percent. You got to be really careful with those words. Um, and you know that really another thing that we talked about earlier was body shaming, right? So there is not only like calling uh, bigger people fat and fat shaming, but Mm -hmm. there is on the other side of that skinny shaming. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a term. We may have just made up a new term, but um, I think there's definitely, I just feel like that's not like really talked about though. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. There is a fine line between uh, people like just being their own natural weight and then other people being like unhealthily heavy and other friends just trying to like kindly tell mm-hmm. them that they, they have a problem. Mm-hmm. But others go as far as it, like trying to push them, motivate them by being mean. Yeah. And I definitely think that with some people that that does work, but with other people, you have to, you have to approach it in a softer way. You have to 
they to be more nice about it. But other people, they definitely trip. They're, maybe it's because they're not friends with them, and they're just trying yeah. to provide outside support by being not their friend. That's where relationship comes in really important, right? Because if I don't know how you're going to take a statement that I make because I don't know you very well, maybe I just shouldn't make it. Maybe mm-hmm. I should just keep it to myself. That's, that's a that's problem. Is that if you uh, don't got nothing nice to say, don't, don't say, say it, say it at all. My granny yeah. said that all Kids the time. Kids just like speak their mind now. Like they don't have a filter. Mm-hmm. Like nothing's filtered out. They don't think about just, consequences of the words coming out of their mouth. Because like, if like my friend, like, and I'm sorry, hold on, I'm sorry. I said they, as in teens, but I just want to be very clear. All people do this. No, yeah. Right? Like, I know we are talking about the teenage population, but I just want to make the statement that all people do this mm-hmm. of all ages. This is not just a teen problem. But, like, I work out, and, like, one of my friends, she's kind of, like, sometimes, like, oh, like, I don't really like – I'm, like, come work out with me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, you can yeah. always change, like, how mm-hmm. you look and stuff. So, like, that's how I approach it. And I don't mean to mean that. I'm, like, hey, just, like, I'm coming – you want to come work out tonight? Because, mm-hmm. like, we go to the same gym. Yeah. So, like, sometimes people just need someone there with them. Like, they can't do it by themselves. Yeah. And I think it's also really important, like, we talk about working out and being healthy and stuff like that. Like, I know I'm to this day, I still get comments personally about, like, I don't know why you work out. You don't need to lose weight. Well, Mm -hmm. I don't work out to lose weight. I actually started working out to gain weight. Mm -hmm. And I want to be strong. I have a six-year-old little girl that you have no idea the feeling that I get when she looks at me and says, Mommy, show me your muscles. And that sounds so vain, I know. But the fact, that tells me that she sees the example that I'm setting. She looks up to you like you're a super mom. And that makes me feel good. She wants to be, she wants to work out. Like, I want to be strong like my mom. Like, that is huge to me because I want her to be healthy. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with, I want her to be an athlete. I mean, I do. But <laughs> that's because that's my dream for her. That might not be her dream. But I, I want her to be healthy. And I want her to know, to have the skills to take care of herself. And so I think, like, when it comes to working out, you know, I just recently moved and I had to join a gym. I was used to using the high school weight room where I coached and I just joined a gym and they asked me why I was joining a gym or why I work out. Like, what is your motivation level? Are you dedicated? That kind of thing. And of course I'm like, yes, you know, I'm good on all those, those friends. I'm a coach. So I feel like my big thing as a coach and a parent is leading by example. So if I expect this of my athletes and my own kids, I have to be doing it myself. And they were like, well, what is like, what, why do you work out? And I said, jokingly, I said, (laughs) my first response was, so I don't end up in jail. (laughs) But it's for my mental health. Like how good, you do powerlifting. So how Mm -hmm. good does it feel when you just have a bad day and you just go throw around some weight and you're super motivated and you walk out of there? Like how much better do you feel? I, well, I kind of got burned out with the gym Mm -hmm. and I was just like, I'm kind of over this. But now I found a new love for power clean because I found out I'm really good at it. And so, that like, helps. now I love doing power clean all the time. And, like, that just makes me feel so good. That makes me happy for you. Like, every day I'm kind of like, can I power clean? Yeah. Like, because I can constantly I go up. Every day, please. Like, I used to hate it. I was like, I hate it. Like, yeah. it's not for me. Like, but that's the great time. thing about the gym. And I think you'll get, both of you will get what I'm saying is, like, you have that one thing that you're kind of have a love-hate relationship. Like, you know it's good for you, but you hate it because mm-hmm. it's a little difficult. But then when you nail it. It's just like the. It's like. I Euphoria. love it's the PRing. Best feeling. Like yeah. it feels so good that I like can do this much. Cause like the other day I was at the gym and I can like bench a plate mm-hmm. and I was like doing it for reps, like 
multiple times. And this girl <laughs> came up to me who's actually in my grade and she was like, Hey, I see you eventually. Like, good job. I was like, yeah. thanks. And like another dude that goes to my school was like at the gym too. And he's like, you do that? And I was like, yeah, like it makes <laughs> me feel good. good didn't it? Yeah. Because like my dad has been like so mean to me about it. And he's mm-hmm. like, no guy's going to want to date you because you can outlift them and all this False. stuff. But I love being able to like lift the guys. I'm like, I can bench more than you. you. Know I can you squat do, more than you. You know, know what you do, do to this. tell him is like, well, maybe I just want to be able to pick my husband up. So draw um, <laughs> I think with with what you're saying, the the working out is going to give people a lot more confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one reason I work out. Like yeah. um, when I'm not in the best shape, I'm less likely to want to take my shirt off, right? But when I am in great shape, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey, where's the pool party? You know? Right. So uh, and it's I almost think, summertime. <laughs> yeah. So I think working out gives us confidence. I think the whole body imaging thing is really hard because most people are self-conscious in some way. Absolutely. Like even you can, you can have this great in shape person, you yep. know, myself, I'm in decent shape and uh, I, I don't love everything about myself. So sure. like I was saying, like some people might call me skinny mm-hmm. or if I'm working out every day, trying to get buff, trying to get muscles, <laughs> you don't want to be called skinny. skinny. <laughs> That's kind of an insult, yes. you know? So you kind of just got to be careful how you approach things when mm-hmm. you're talking about people's bodies. I think uh, one thing that I try to do if I'm trying to tell someone that's overweight or underweight. Because that's your job advice, as a wrestling right, coach. I just, wanna, I just want to throw that right, out. If I'm trying to give them advice on how to get in better shape, I think I would be careful of uh, uh, just criticizing them. Or if I am giving them some type of criticism, put like a something good in front of it. I, I call it a compliment sandwich. Like, there you go. So like, hey, you're looking really great right now, but how about we work on this? And by the way, you're looking really great. You know, yeah. something like that. So. Yeah. That's Start with a compliment like, and with a compliment. That's how yeah. I kind of feel like I am like, Hey, like this is really good. You kind of need some work here, but like mm-hmm. overall, like it's good. Right. And I, I kind of, like I think it's really that. good that you're willing to give them the information, even as a high schooler yourself. Um, because a lot of times, like I've seen within my own coaching is sometimes kids just don't know. Mm-hmm. And the defensiveness comes from, that inadequate feeling that you get from not knowing. Um, they feel like they should know, or maybe they think that you think they should know, but when you just recognize it, give them the information and then they start doing it. It's like, well, it's also just how oh. you approach them. Cause a lot of kids just focus on the negative and like, you're doing it wrong and mm-hmm. walk away mm-hmm. and you don't give any feedback or anything. Yeah. And you're not giving them like the like confidence that they need. Like, Hey, this is good. Mm-hmm. You kind of need to work on this. This is how you could fix it. But yeah. like, it's overall, all in your like you're gonna get better. Yeah. Uh, what your dad said about <laughs> uh, about like you outlifting all the boys—that is definitely not true. Because you we heard were, it here, Turbo said it. We were in the gym strong women are it. No, I this, get so many compliments from oh, guys, got, and yeah, they're like, "Did you guys just talk outlifting about us?" And <laughs> I was like, "Coach, you're putting two twenty-five on the line." She was. No, I like, only did it because the girl did it. <laughs> <laughs> like a I, lot of guys, I, I just will speak for my husband. He's gonna listen to this and be like, "Don't bring me into this." But <laughs> he, like, he is, like, I'm gonna say he's been my biggest fan. That sounds kind of weird, but like, he is the one holding me accountable because mm-hmm. he works out, and it's important to both of us. And so he's, I mean, we have our routine. Well, my kids are out of school now, so we got to come up with a new routine. But we each drop off a kid and we head to our respective gyms. And then we come home and we talk about our workouts. Like, it's just one connection that we have. Mm -hmm. But if there was a day that I was like, man, I'm not feeling it. Like, I'm not going to the gym today. He'd be like, oh, yes, you are. You have goals. Go get there. So don't don't let that get to you. Strong women are awesome. 
bugged me because like at that time I didn't have like the friends I have now but like now all my guy friends are always like so did you get a, like new PR like See? what is it now like See? this and that and I'm like oh whatever yeah but that's just another way that you can connect with people right sometimes I think that kind of going back to what we said before like people talking about people and gossiping and that kind of stuff is because this is my opinion there is a lot of screen time and it's really hard to connect with people behind a screen. And so sometimes we just as a society in general have a hard time connecting when we're face to face. And if I don't know what to say to you, if I know like, Oh, Hey, you don't like that girl either. Well, let's sit and talk about her. That's how we're going to make our connection. Mm -hmm. But if we have other things that we can connect on, like working out, getting stronger, our goals, that kind of thing that keeps us from talking about other people and possibly hurting someone else. So I think finding connections and being able to build on our interests and how we engage with each other could really help the whole bullying piece. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. So coach, how, like, how important is mental health to you as a coach within your athletes and then also as your, your students, since you are the student support coordinator here? Uh, mental health is very important. Um, you know, I, I use the term happy wife, happy life, you know, and, and that's a good term. But uh, yeah. You, you know, can I just stop you? I really like that term because I am a wife and my husband <laughs> fully lives by that. He yeah. is, I hit the jackpot. But it's a two-way street. Oh, yeah. The husbands deserve to be happy as well. I just felt like I needed to make that disclaimer. I appreciate that. No, yeah. no problem. That, that's probably why you're a good wife oh. to have with us. Well, thank you. But yeah, it, it <laughs> goes both ways. Um, I guess what I was trying to get to with that is just like happiness. Like uh, it, you get a lot more out of your mental health if yeah. you're happy. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I, I'm really into mental health because I struggled a lot with mm-hmm. my own confidence and uh, uh, just doubting myself, I think, as an athlete sometimes. And uh, that's kind of why I got in coaching. I want to make sure other athletes don't do the mm-hmm. same thing that I did. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's times where I would lose a wrestling match before I even started just because this guy was a state champion or he yeah. practiced with this guy or had a certain singlet on. Or mm-hmm. like when I was in college, like, oh, I'm going against a Division One wrestler. Right. I can't be a Division One guy. I'm just a junior college guy, you know. So, right. Things like that, you know, I, I realized as I got older, like, man, I could have been a lot better had I just believed in myself a little more. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's one of the reasons I coach and to make sure other kids and athletes don't make those same mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, and just realizing that uh, everything's about perspective. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he, we talked about nerves earlier and nerves could be good or bad, right? Like mm-hmm. I tell my athletes all the time, like, don't say you're nervous, say you're excited. Yes. They're, they're the same thing. One's positive, one's I love negative. That. So like, instead of being like, oh my God, I'm so nervous for this match. Be like, oh my God, I'm so excited to wrestle this match. I love that they so much. They both mean the same. One can give you positive energy. Yes. One can give you negative energy. I'm probably going to steal and that. Just so you know. Yeah. That's just huge <laughs> on uh, perspective, you know? Yeah. So like another thing I say to all my wrestlers, you can talk yourself into anything and you can talk yourself out of anything. hundred percent. So talk yourself into it. Tell, you, tell yourself you can do it. Don't sit there and be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Tell you and, and gratitude, right? That's mm-hmm. another thing. Like being grateful for the opportunity, being thankful. Yeah. Uh, I I was shared this thing the other day about uh, get to over have to, right? Yes, that's right. Uh, was... uh, think about I get to have I get to go to practice I over to. I have to go to practice. Yes. And things like that'll help you a lot <laughs> mentally as well, perspective. So. Yeah. I will say this: I've always enjoyed wrestling, but like there's it had its moments where I was like, wow, this sucks. But 
around like, just typical there are it is typical to have bad days yeah, like yeah. just because you're focused on your mental health doesn't mean every day is going to feel great yeah. it's hard around halfway through my sophomore year i started lying to myself whenever it sucked i was like oh i love this i didn't love it at the time but eventually yeah. after saying it so much to myself i started falling in love with it and mm-hmm. i actually started enjoying the bad times that were what used to be appreciating tough. them yeah yeah i think that's i mean that's, that's completely normal it's all about Absolutely. how you like talk like to yourself and yeah. watch yourself you because, believe like, what you say to yourself i like was in kind of like a rut and like a low point kind of and like I had told my friends I was like hey like kind of this and that and they like would check on me and stuff but then I was like I'm not gonna like talk bad about myself in this and so like I started like changing Mm -hmm. how I like talk to myself and like the whole week last week I was like I'm gonna get a PR I'm gonna get a PR and then I did Mm -hmm. and it like jumped three feet in shot put that's awesome just because I did that positive uh, affirmations right like uh, you're just telling yourself, I love wrestling. I love wrestling. Before you know it, you end up loving mm-hmm. wrestling. Now, I was a professional fighter for many years, and fighting is probably one of the most scary things you can do, like locking yourself in a cage. With you're someone choosing, to fight. choosing to fight. <laughs> and usually, like, it's like the day before, like, man, I'm about to get in a fight in the morning. You know? <laughs> it's like, that would be a very it's, weird yeah, feeling. It's, it's, a very, uh, it's a very mentally challenging yeah. sport. And then you put money on the line when I was fighting for yeah to feed my family it's yeah. it's even more mentally stressing stressful um Gosh. but like that's those positive affirmations is what i was thinking of is i would constantly tell myself i believe myself i believe myself i'd say that a million times or i'd say um con- whatever it may be that i was struggling with i would yeah. just tell myself You'd flip it right i'd flip it and mm-hmm. i would just tell myself over and over and over and over i got this i got this mm-hmm. i got this and before you know it you start feeling like you got this, you know, and yeah. so that's huge. So one thing that I did, um, it was a few years ago. It was actually when I, it was like my first couple of years being at Parsons. So I was really getting back into working out and really like just kind of focusing on my goals for myself um, because I'm just a better human all around. Whenever I, like you said, when you feel good, you, you, you look good, you feel good, you perform good, you do your job good, you're a good wife, a good husband, a good friend, whatever the the role may be. And so I was really like, okay, getting to the point where, you know, my youngest was just a couple years old and I was like, okay, I I got to turn this back on me and see how I can improve myself a little bit. And so one thing I did was reached out to a friend of mine who was a trainer in over in Missouri and she I saw she was having a ton of success with her her classes and just really someone that I found myself like looking up to as a role model. And, um, you know, I actually ended up bringing her in to like speak to our students and yeah, the whole, the whole scenario was, was phenomenal. And I still look up to her a lot. And, um, one thing that she did that stood out to me, and I think it was like the biggest thing that, that I learned, um, is she told me to wear a rubber band around my wrist. And, um, every time I had a negative thought, about myself or others, I had to flick myself with that rubber band. And I was like, oh, I'm a nice person. Like, mm-hmm. that's easy. No big deal. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I, I didn't even do it a week. I probably did it like two days before I was like, oh my gosh, holy cow. Like all the, you don't realize the negative thoughts in your head until you have to physically like snap yourself with a rubber band. Did you ever sit in front of somebody just <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I will be honest. I feel like you. Corbin would. <laughs> no, I probably would have just walked away. <laughs> that's a that's, that's funny. funny. Um, no, how to take that rubber band off? And they're like, why are you taking that? 
Honestly, or most of it. my negative thoughts were about myself. I mean, guys, it would be so, so simple as I would mess up in my work or something and make a mistake in my data. Um, and I would be like, oh my God, Brooke, you're so stupid. And then I'd be like, I'm stupid because I made a mistake. Like, come on. That's, that's just not true. Like you are a smart person. One little mistake in your data because I forgot to put a decimal in there. Like that doesn't make me stupid, but it took me snapping myself with a rubber band <clears throat> for a couple of days to realize like how much negative was going through my head. And it was so eye-opening to me. I can't sit here and tell you that I don't have any of those negative thoughts anymore. Um, I, I will tell you that I catch them a lot faster now, even if it's about somebody else. Um, like, why did they do that? Well, Brooke, and then I catch it and I'm like, oh, you're about to go negative. So I'll be like, well, Brooke, maybe it was this situation or this situation. Like I literally pep talk myself out of it to turn it into a positive or to be like, you just don't know what you're talking about. Like you don't have enough information to even make a judgment on that situation. So basically talking myself out of it. But I, it was just like the craziest experience for me. And it's not something that I think I'll ever forget. And so I've been able to work myself out of most of the negative because, it, I mean, let's be honest, life is life and it gets really hard sometimes. And so there's going to be negative. Um, but I think if we can recognize it and flip it, that's really important. <laughs> One thing that um, I like, as you were talking, Elsie, about uh, I just like you and your coaching and how you help your your um, players and students, I was just found myself smiling because my son just recently joined a new basketball club. And so he's on this travel team and they preach culture, culture over everything. And I come from a very positive and healthy um, women's athletic culture um, through high school and college as well. And that is exactly what I want to give to my players, but watching my son in that. And I feel like I sit at their practices sometimes and just watch with this goofy smile on my face because it makes me so happy to hear they say very similar things like, hey, we get to practice today. How happy are you to be at practice today? And he's playing basketball, which basketball is my first love. And so that adds another piece of gratitude for me. But um, getting to watch him play a sport that I love, plus somebody pour into him and teach him these skills um, you know, not just the, Hey, there's no walking, not just those physical things, but we get to be here today. We get to play basketball today. And honestly, for me, I, I kind of, this might be absurd, but I, this is how I feel. Like I tell my son, you know, if you go out there and you halfway practice, you're doing not only yourself a disservice, but you're disrespecting the sport. Why are you doing it? If you're one foot in and one foot out, why are we doing it? And they hold those kids so accountable. And it's a seventh grade team. There's younger teams as well. And they do the same exact thing with them. They have those high expectations, but they're also teaching them gratitude. And they're teaching them how to talk positively to themselves. They don't let them talk negative to their teammates. There's repercussions for that. Um, and so I think really starting younger is so, so, so important. That was not a thing that was ever talked to me about. Was that ever talked to you about in your athletic career? No. No, it's just something that we've had to like figure out and teach ourselves. And then luckily we want to like help the next generations coming up um, with it. But it's just, it's really cool to see the flip because I know that was not ever anything that was ever talked to me about. And then I'm privileged to get to talk to my own athletes about it. Um, something else that we talked about earlier was burnout. 
So, you know, you guys, Emma, you touched on it a little bit. Like you, you've tried several different. So when I first met you, you said, I'm not an athlete. <sighs> and then you just sat here and you rattled off all of these sports that you play and you're a power lifter and a cheerleader. So talk to me a little bit about your decision to try so many different sports in high school. Well, volleyball, I loved it. Like I was a setter and I played it in middle school and then I played it freshman year and I, I didn't necessarily quit sophomore year, but like I did have an injury that was going to get worse if I kept playing. But I also just decided, I was like, I'm just not really good at this just because Mm -hmm. like there's one thing that I couldn't do, but the coach wasn't helping me with it. But I like I asked them to help me with it, but mm-hmm. she just wouldn't because she was like, you should already know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, as a setter in middle school, I never got taught an approach on how to hit because I was setting. Like, right. they didn't teach me that. They didn't think it was like, you know, whatever. And so then I was like, well, I just need help on this. Like, I can get it. Like, I know I can get it. I just need help. And she was like, you should already know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You're not hitting anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, but then like, she didn't want me to set either. So then I was like, okay, I guess I'll just. Kinda, she felt very discouraged. Yeah. I just kind of quit. Mm-hmm. And so then I was burned out with that. Cause I was like, it's not going to go anywhere. So then, um, I joined cheer freshman year and I mean, I liked it, but like, it was kind of ran by mean girls. So like, I don't like, there was fun moments in it, but also like, me and my friend, I would always, like, catch us, like, talking negatively about it, like, oh, we hate this, we're mm-hmm. over this, like, this and that, and I feel like I just felt pressured to come back just because, like, I don't know, like, I just felt like I had to, even though every year I was kind of like, oh, I hated it, but then, like, throughout summer, I'd be like, oh, I miss it, mm-hmm. because, like, I, you kind of live for, like, the fun moments within yeah. it, but, yeah, and then track, I ran it in middle school and then I was like, I'm going to try throwing. And so then I tried throwing and last year I thought about this year, I thought about not coming back because last year I was on JV. I wasn't really going anywhere with it. I was like, I'm not going to come back. And then I told the coaches that I was like, Hey, I'm thinking about not coming back. Like I kind of just want to specialize in just shot put and like Mm -hmm. all this stuff. Cause they were having me doing everything. And like, I just didn't like it. They weren't teaching me how to do it. It was just go out there and do it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I just want to focus in on shot put. And I've actually gotten really good this year. So this year I fell back in love with it just because, like, they finally realized that I didn't want to do all of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I told them that last year, but they just weren't listening because yeah. I was on JV. Well, and then also they have a – I mean, I'm sure your track team is huge. Yeah. This is, what, a 5A school? Mm-hmm. So you probably have a fairly big track team. And so while you might have one or three to four coaches, they have – all of these athletes yeah. right and so mm-hmm. it gets speaking from experience I see you shaking your head like <laughs> but it's it, just it like, gets hard it's just frustrating because like I was just telling them like I just kind of want to focus even on JV I just want to focus on this like this mm-hmm. is what I'm doing good at I'm not placing in these other ones you're just filling me in for it and yeah. like I'm the type of person if I don't if I don't want to do it I'm not going to do it like I'm yeah. not going to do good at it and like my mom's told me that like she's like yep I already know you you don't want to do that so <laughs> And, like, I just, like, wish they would have listened, but now I, like, love track because I talked to them about it. I'm glad. And then I just tried golf. It was fun. I actually was kind of good at it. Um, I did end up getting knots on my back just because I wasn't used to the movement, (laughs) so I had to, like, take a little time out of it because they were getting worse. But I actually enjoyed golf a lot, and I I mainly did it to be a three-sport athlete, but... That's okay. I'm glad that you found some things that you enjoy. Turbo, you're a wrestler. 
Yeah, um, I think the reason that, uh, and this whole thing with like bullying and the way that it kind of isolates some people, just kind of shuts them down and makes them unsociable, kind of self-dependent, uh, is that uh, I think that really matches up with what wrestling is about. Wrestling is a sport where you can only rely on yourself to win. Mm -hmm. uh, you can have a coach who kind of guides you through the match, but yeah. ultimately it's up to you. It's up to your skill. It's mm -hmm. up to your your prowess. And uh, I think that just really fits me really well because uh, I'm just self-dependent. I, really, I don't really like depending on other people like mm -hmm. that, like other friends. Yeah. Because historically speaking, most of them just end up leaving you. So. Yeah. Yeah. You like relying on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I think that's a great point about wrestling. I hadn't really thought about it that way. We did have our son wrestle in middle school because we were like, well, you only just exactly what you said. Like it's on you. I mean, he's, he plays all these team sports, but it's like wrestling is on you. And let's be honest, you gotta be tough to be a wrestler. And so I'm, I'm glad that you can kind of like hone into that and, and use your personality for that. Speaking on uh, burnout, I have, I'm a coach and I have a son that wrestles. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't start wrestling until I was a freshman in high school. I didn't start playing most organized sports till high school. Mm -hmm. I lived with a single mom, worked two jobs, didn't have time or sure. money to play most organized sports. I moved my dad in Fort Scott, Kansas my freshman year and started wrestling and playing other sports. and. Uh, I never got burned out, obviously, because I yeah. started at 15 years old and I fell in love with wrestling, mm -hmm. wrestling in college, always loved it. Mm -hmm. But when I got to college, I had a lot of friends or teammates that were better than me in high school. They were multiple time state champions. They wrestled since they were four years old. They had a crazy dad running them and working them out since <laughs> they were four years old. And those yeah. guys were burnout. Those yeah. guys were better than me in high school, but I was beating them in college because they were burnout. Mm -hmm. And so I so worried about burning out my son. Yes. My son practices year round. He's around wrestling all the time. Yeah. And he's so young, I'm, right? He's young. And I think being a coach's son adds pressure at himself. He loves basketball because all his friends play basketball. His mom was a basketball player. So Fun fact, know, his mom was actually one of my teammates in college. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I had that... Uh, you know, we're fear of burning him out in wrestling. So I try to keep it fun. Um, he'll be in middle school next year. And so if he wants to play basketball during the inter intramural, intramural season, mm -hmm. he can do that. Um, I want him to choose his own path. And I hope that he chooses wrestling. Yeah. But if it's right. not his right. path, then it's his own path. Yeah, you know? I definitely so. think that burning out is way more likely whenever you are a child. Because I, whenever I was wrestling when I was younger, I definitely had a burnout. I wrestled for five years and I mm -hmm. took two years off. And I came back to it and I was fine. But it, definitely whenever you put a child in that situation, mm -hmm. they have they, 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 run, their mind is running wild. They have a bunch of different things mm -hmm. that they want to do. As for whenever you are older, you start walking in on something. You start yeah. becoming passionate about something specific. Yeah. As for when you're a child, you want to try a bunch of You want to do everything. So what age did that come about? I didn't know from my son. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was burnt out around uh, fifth grade. From when did you start saying, okay, this is my passion. I want to focus on this now. Around sophomore year, probably. Freshman so, year, I was just doing so it. So fifth grade to freshman year, I got to watch out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's up. But I really like what you said because, you know, it's similar in how I feel with my my son. You know, my daughter's six, so she's she's really just trying everything right now. Um, but our son, he has 
had a ball in his hands. I swear he was born with a ball in his hands and he loves basketball. Like we have people all the time, like, why would you spend the money to do that? Like, why are you pushing him so hard? Because that's what he wants. And we have very, he is 13. So we have these very real conversations with him at, at this age about, um, like you're saying, this is your goal. Okay. You want to go be a star at KU. That's, that's phenomenal. That's great. And it's attainable, but this is what it's going to take. So are you willing, it's great to have this goal, but are you willing to do all of these things that it's going to take? And it's going to be hard. And you, there's going to be days that we're going to push you and you're not going to like it. You're not going to want to get up off your phone and go for a, you know, a few mile jog. You're just not going to want to do it because you're 13 years old. But that's also our job is to help you get to that goal. But if you don't really want to get there, if you just want to say that's your goal and not actually take the action. <laughs> but also if he came to us, and I mean, it would be really difficult to hear that he doesn't want to play basketball anymore. Like that would, that would crush my soul. Same here. Yeah. Like, and I think, yeah, exactly. That's what I see with you and wrestling with your son. But at the end of the day, like I said earlier, like that's my dream for him. What is his dream for right. him? And I think that makes you a good dad. Yeah. Just knowing that that could be a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I said, same, same here. Uh, my son's been around wrestling since he's born. Right. I started coaching youth wrestling as soon as he was born. And I just like, oh, get prepared, was, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was born uh, yeah. September 2011. I started coaching my first youth wrestling team October 2011. Oh, wow. And I just like, oh, I'm going to build this team up. So when he's born, he's yes. going to be on this team. And so yep. I've always been passionate and had this dream of him jumping in my arms, winning a high school state title. I've talked to him about How that. How amazing would that be? But yeah, and I, I, I love that. That's still a dream. But what happens if he gets in middle school and like, ah, I think I'm going to play basketball with my friends? Yeah. That crush me yeah uh but i'd still love him right and then Absolutely. so uh, and he'd be happy yeah and then and, and so I, I try to make him mm-hmm. know that like yeah so hey, it's I, like- I know that I love wrestling. I know you kind of love wrestling, but I know you love other stuff. <laughs> I love wrestling more yeah. than you. Know. <laughs> and so if it ever comes a time, I, I tell him, I don't want you to do this for me. I want you to do it for you. And and he's still in fifth grade, but if he's in eighth grade, ninth grade, and still kind of having some of these reservations, like, I don't know, then I won't push him as much. I'll say, yeah. why don't you go try basketball? Why don't you go? Yeah. Or even I just be okay. So far, yes, know? even just be okay with him just doing it to enjoy it. That's what I was thinking yeah. when you were talking, Emma, is like, at what point did we get away from our kids playing sports because they love it? Oh, like it man, doesn't have it doesn't I always think- have to be. And trust me, guys, I'm like an insanely competitive person. So yeah. for me, like I was the girl that I was like, if I'm not gonna be good at it, I'm not gonna do it. Because I'm just going to shut down because I'm not so going to be the best. That's how I am. But how do we not project that on our, our students, our players, our own kids, and just say it is okay for you not to be the best and to just have fun doing this? Yeah. And that, it's that's, hard. That's very hard. And I think as being a college athlete, former competitor, when I first got into the high school coaching realm, I thought everybody wanted to be a state champ. Yes. I thought everybody Same. wanted to win. Same. And so when I got here and I was like, these guys aren't practicing hard. They, don't they get just kind of want to be on the yeah. team. That's the case. There's yeah. you're gonna, and especially in high school sports, you're gonna have twenty to thirty percent of your athletes are just there to be part of the team. Yes. Just maybe to get away mm-hmm. from home, just to to be a part of something. So that's something us coaches have to keep in mind and perspective. Not everyone is going to want to be the stud star athlete and want to put in the hard work. Some people just want to be a part of something. And so I will never forget the first time took some adjustment for me. Oh, me too. Uh, I mean, a thousand percent. And I will never forget the first time one of my volleyball players said, well, I really just play volleyball because my friends do. And my mouth dropped open and I was like, 
<laughs> I don't know how to respond to this because like in my head, you play to be the best. Yeah. You play to go win a state championship. Like I, so it was very difficult for me as well. And definitely came with some hopefully huge improvements on that front of just realizing like they just do it because they love it and that's okay. And if we win a state championship along the way, I will have some happy athletes that are state champions, right. period. <laughs> what do you have, Emma? Well, I had two different things. Like, I had two friends that got burned out of their sports. But I think they just pushed past the burnout because, like what you said, it would crush your soul if yeah. your son said he didn't want yeah. to play volleyball. Or, like, or not volleyball, basketball, basketball or wrestling. Like, they they see their parents put so much yes. time and money into it that they don't want to, like, uh-huh. they don't know they how don't to tell them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just, like, not fun for them anymore because it's, like, it's not, it's not a fun thing mm-hmm. anymore. It's like a, you have to do it to because job. I'm paying. F- yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm paying for this. I'm doing this for all this stuff. But like, yeah. it's just not fun anymore. Like after that, after yeah. you see that and you're just like, I'm done. I don't yeah. want to do it. And that's really hard as a parent to not like, I realize, like I, like I said, we have those conversations with our kid and I am constantly telling him like, did you have fun today? You know, did you love it today? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Why not? Like at what, you know, I'm, I am very aware that. I want him to love it because he's a much better player when he loves what he's doing. He plays with this fire and it is so much fun to watch, even at the age of 13. And I know when he's not having fun on that court because you can see that fire fizzle out. And um, I always tell him, like, don't do this for us as your parents. But I have to also make sure that my actions line up with that. So Mm -hmm. if I am saying that, but then I'm like going on and being like, I spent all this money, like, let's go, come on, you got to do better, you know, just really in my delivery and the actions, then my words and my actions aren't lining up. It is such, such, such a fine line as a parent to not make your kid feel that way. We don't always get it right. We don't. (laughs) I don't really know what the other thing I was going to say. Yeah, that's, like you said, for me being a parent, it's that, uh, Find a balance in pushing my son mm-hmm. to be the best wrestler he can be mm-hmm. and without burning him out, right? That yeah. fine line of keeping it fun. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we're going to this tournament. You can stay in the hotel and there's a pool, yes. you know, that type yes. of thing. And it, it, that may be why he wants to go on the trip. But, yeah, you know, absolutely. So, uh, That's yeah, why my daughter wants to go on exactly. my son's trip. <laughs> my son loves wrestling trips just because he gets to have a hot tub. It's yeah. cool. You know? so yes. like, okay, I'll go. <laughs> yes, we had very similar conversations here on baseball tournaments. Like, can we get a stay I in think, a hotel? I think kids just need to hear that it's okay to not want to do it anymore. I agree with you. And like that's or to do it just to have or fun. like just kids just need to be asked like, are you feeling burned? Like, how can we change this so you fall back in love with it? Mm-hmm. And, like, I just feel like kids start to feel like it's a chore and it's just a routine and they get stuck in it. It's just another And that, like, you see all your friends go out and do this, but, like, you have wrestling on the weekend, you have softball on the weekend, you have volleyball on the weekend. They can't be a kid mm-hmm. because, like, and then during the week you're practicing. Because, mm-hmm. like, my friend, she always had softball. Like, yeah. I never got to, like, hang out with her and, like, all this stuff and because then all weekends she'd have softball. Yeah, yeah that's, that's when it, it bugs my son, I think, because none of his friends wrestle. So when I'm like, hey, we got to go to wrestling practice. Oh, I want to hang out with such and such. Yeah. Or, hey, we got a wrestling tournament. Oh, I'm missing a birthday party. And it's like, uh, that's hard. He hasn't yeah. made any wrestling friends. No, it's just. I not, see people. There, he has wrestling friends, but they're not, they're not like his kids close in Pittsburgh friends. wrestle like my son year round. And, and his close friends 
don't wrestle at all. So like yeah. his best friends play basketball and football. And so, so there's a chance that he is going to get older and say, I'm going to do what my friends are doing. Yeah, most of the he friends. Does, he's doing that right now, Connie. Like, like, I feel like you I just need to, to like, if your kid yeah. wants to go to that birthday party, let him go to that oh, birthday I, party. Oh, and that's what I, and it's the balance. And so sometimes I'll let him go to the party or I'll say, hey, you got a tournament this weekend. Your friends yeah. might not have a tournament this weekend. Yeah. They can probably go mm-hmm. to the party and maybe you can't. The choice is yours, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> like, how committed do you want to be? Right. So, like, just to tell you like how where how my brain works and how difficult it is for me to shut it off when you just said that like mm-hmm. go to the party instead of practice my is like no yeah you gotta go to like you practice. committed to the team especially because my son plays you know wrestling is a little different it's not a team sport I mean I know you compete as a team yeah. but it is on I you, you there. yeah <laughs> like but basketball right they don't have their point guard that changes the whole dynamic of the team mm-hmm. and it, it could affect the team significantly so. My like first thought when you said, "Oh, let him go to the birthday party," is like, "No, you committed to your team. Mm-hmm. You show up for your team." But then again, we get back to where's the line? Like, or like, how do we not burn them out? Another thing is like, I was kind of getting burned out with track, and my friend was kind of getting burned out with baseball. Mm-hmm. So like, our whole friend groups would just go to like each thing to like mm-hmm. support them. So your That's friends awesome. are still there, yeah. Because like, obviously in baseball, like he does like his friends like majority of them do track Mm -hmm. and he did track last year but his mom wanted him to play baseball this year and he kind of missed baseball but like he's getting burned out because he's not with us he's like man i wish i did track so like we show up to his things Mm -hmm. to show that like we're there and stuff and then like he shows up to our things that's awesome so it's still like yeah i had good friends like that they were in the front row of the student section they didn't play sports so they were in that front row of the student section just hollering at me the entire time and it does help that does make a difference so keep doing that it just it, it feels a, a lot better to know that your friends are there too like yeah. yeah it's your sport but you also want your friends around of course of course so. they're your friends well i want to thank you guys so much we're going to go ahead and wrap up we're going to do fishbowl time so thank you guys for your input we're going to lighten it up just a little bit if you want to grab a question out of the fishbowl turbo is going to go first turbo what's your question uh, would you rather be rich and unhappy or poor and happy? I'd rather be rich and unhappy. Why? Because money is happiness. Is it? Yeah. The guy who said that was probably poor. <laughs> I, I, I kind of so agree. Like, more I, feel, more problems. I feel like money can buy happiness, but it's like temporary happiness. Mm-hmm. But I think it helps a lot. Yeah. A lot. Money does help. But what if you have all the things that you want to have because you have the money but then you're by yourself i kind of feel like your personality you might oh my gosh that's exactly what the last person who drew that question was you can just buy friends yeah <laughs> turbo wouldn't care uh, that's funny. they're not real friends they're just bought friends <laughs> all right it's coach what's me? your question okay. um describe your proudest moment in the way you reacted or felt a good question hmm. well I, i'd have to say my proudest moment is like the birth of my children yeah probably but i will say one of my proudest moments and this is one of my proudest moments is seeing this young man right here place at state he uh and win his last match he uh made a goal to be a state placer to be a state champ and to win his last match and to see him see that through is one of my proudest moments that's amazing so, congratulations yeah. Uh, my question is what is your biggest hope for the future and I honestly don't know 
because like it can always change and like what I want right now doesn't mean I want that like who knows in the next five minutes but I mean I just hope that I'm happy and that's about that I feel like that's that's a good hope right because how you get to happiness might change Mm -hmm. you can always hope that you're happy I like it my question is, who would you consider to be your best role model? And what do you look for in a role model? This is hard for me because I feel like I have so many role models, probably in different, like different areas, bring a different role model. Um, since we were, of course, my mom is, you know, my number one role model. She's just an amazing woman, um, very caring and um, just kind of who I think everybody deserves ha- to have as a mom. Like she's, she's seriously the best. Um, but since we are just talking about sports, I'm going to go that route. So my high school coach, Christy Snyder, um, amazing person. She really knew how to build us up as athletes, but also be so hard on us at the same time, but in a way that we could respond, like it, it was realistic, right? Like she had realistic goals for us. Um, and, but we also knew that at the end of the day, if there was anything that we needed, she was going to be that person that was right there. I could still call her today. Um, she's one of those people that I see and she, I just instantly I get happy. I'm not a touchy person, but if Coach Snyder wants a hug, Coach Snyder gets a hug. <laughs> and she likes to remind me that she can still take me down and beat me up. So <laughs> she's she's a lot of fun and she's very sarcastic. So we speak, speak each other's language. Uh, the second question is, what do you look for in a role model? I think what why she stands out so much to me is because she did lead by example. And that's something that's really huge. And maybe I got that from her. Um, but she had high expectations, but it was because she cared. It wasn't because she only wanted to go win a state championship. Um, we got very close. We got second my senior year in high school, but we got super close. Um, but she was not afraid to hold us accountable while giving us a hug. And she, everything she did, she led by example, hundred percent. So I have a lot of respect for her in the way she coached. Well, that is going to be the end of our episode today. Yeah. Turbo has uh, something. Circling back to my question. I would rather cry in a Mercedes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, both times are on the up and up now. They're pretty popular up, up, up south, up north. Oh, really? Yeah. I've noticed that. I actually looked into them. So I was like, a lot of people drive these around here. You're crazy. thank you guys so much for being here with us today um and just having these sometimes difficult conversations and kind of opening up and showing people uh just a glimpse into your world of being a senior in 2023 so thank you guys so much and coach thank you for being here with us thanks for having us of course so thank you for listening to an episode of a seat at the table we hope you leave this episode feeling encouraged and confident in yourself and the abilities you have Whether that means you have the energy to go clean your room or conquer the world now, we are proud of you. Now get going. Go use your powers for good. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to give our students a seat at the table.